Legacy Maker, the All Sports Network, presents a Sertoba Media production where the struggle is real to be awesome. Five, four, three, two. The wait is over. Let's get this thing started. Get your popcorn ready. It's time for the In or Out Sports Debate with your hosts, Rob Johnson and Drew Willingham. Hello, everyone. We are live. Welcome to Episode 7 of the In or Out Sports Debate, the Commander's Edition in memory of Dwayne Haskins. I am Drew Willingham, along with my colleague, Mr. Rob Johnson. How are you doing this evening? I am terrific. I'm glad to be here and hope everyone is having a great day. It is definitely that. It is a, a nasty day out here in Virginia, but hopefully worldwide everyone is, is taking care. Let's go ahead and get this thing started and get into round one. Round one. The commanders will look to steal a quarterback in this year's draft Rob, are you in or out on this? I am in. And the, and the reason I'm in on this is not what you guys think. Not in the first round. I don't look at the draft as a strong um, stronghold when it comes to quarterbacks. Now, I do think there are some quarterbacks in the later rounds that the Washington Commanders could pick up that can make a huge difference. Number one, Carson Strong from Nevada. I had him as a first-round pick. They now have him projected as a number, a, a, a second, third, or fourth-round quarterback. I think Carson Strong could be huge for this team in the future. Also, the, um, the school that I like, the University of Miami. The University of Miami has a quarterback by the name of Derek King. Derek King is a tough quarterback. He has leadership, and I think that if they could get him in the third, fourth, or maybe the fourth or fifth round, he could be a steal for this team. I would not take a risk on, on a Malik Willis or any other quarterbacks of that nature. Um, Matt Corrales or uh, the, the, the Pittsburgh quarterback, I wouldn't take a risk on any quarterback in the first round if I'm Washington. Go get a position player um, and make some things happen. You know, with this one, with this is going for this quarterback this year, I am out. Get the f out of here! Washington has, you know, some picks this year. They've got the round one, the the eleventh overall pick. They've got the round two, number forty-seven. They've got the round four, six, and two round sevens. I don't see them having enough capital to really move up in this draft to get like a quarterback in the first round, like the, the two quarterbacks that are really in the first round, you know, that are touted to go that high up. I feel like that uh, if they do go for a quarterback, they're going to go in round six for someone possibly like Bailey Zapp out of West Kentucky, Western Kentucky. He's the only one that I could possibly see them picking up that late in the draft. that could potentially be available, or maybe they can pick him up off of the, um, 
off the waiver line or to the practice squad or something, you know, during the offseason. I don't see them investing into a quarterback when they really need weapons in this offense for this year. You've got guys that have contracts at the running back in the wide receiver position that are going to be going uh, void after this season. They're going to be free agents. Uh, you're going to want to keep them around, and you're going to need decoys around them to keep them around. A quarterback is not where you need to go. You just invested in Carson Wentz. Apparently, you feel like he is the answer. That's why I am out. I don't feel like they're going to go. Those ankles better hold up for Carson this season. And just and just notice, I said in only because we said the, word, the key word was still. So it doesn't mean you're going to get a first round quarterback still. But I get what you're saying because from your perspective, what you're trying to say is that you don't see them getting a first round steal. Drew, I'll be honest with you. I don't think there's a steal in the first round when it comes to these quarterbacks. I look at a lot of these quarterbacks as second round picks or more uh, projects, investments, uh, as you would say. But like I said, a guy like Carson Strong, the third or fourth round, if he's still around, I'd definitely take a flyer on him. Remember that name, everybody, Carson Strong from the back. In my opinion, the best quarterback in this draft. Yeah, I agree. And with that, I feel like we should go into round two. Round two. Now with round two, if Drake London, you know, with, with this guy, he's he's a potential top 10 pick. If Drake London will be a perfect match in Washington, if still available at the 11th overall pick, are you in or out on that, Rob? I'm definitely in, Drew. The reason I'm in, Drew, is because this guy is six foot five, well over 200 pounds. Um, he runs. Uh, he runs really well. I believe a four 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 five something like that. Um, out of USC, he's uh he's reliable. He's durable. He he has had some injury um injury situations, but I feel like that he could be the player that Washington could that has been missing. You put him with a Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin needs that Batman combination. He needs that next guy beside him. He needs that Peyton Manning type of um, rapport. Not saying they have a Peyton Manning on their team, but they need the, like the Indianapolis type rapport where you have a Marvin Harrison, a Reggie Wayne, etc. When we talk about some of the great tandems, you know, Isaac Bruce, Ter um, Torrey Holt, they need that tandem in Washington. And I believe that Drake London, now my opinion, Drew, I think he's going to the Jets number four, but let's just say that he somehow falls. Washington would be crazy to not try to move up a little bit. I know they have, they, they don't have that much capital, but front offices get things done when front offices want to win championships. So if they want to get things done, Drew, if he falls past maybe four or five or six, you got to make a move. You put him with Terry McLaurin, I know Carson Wentz has struggled. But that is one heck of a combination uh, at wide receivers. I'd have to agree with that. I'm in as well. I don't feel like he's going to fall to number 11. The only way that they're going to get him in this draft is that they trade up. That's the only way they're going to do it. They're going to have to invest like the rest of the picks this year, uh, one next year. 
I mean, they, they don't want to go too far in the hole because they've already been trading, you know, throughout the draft the past few years. They already have been learning from the RG3 debacle from over a decade ago. I don't feel like they're going to be spending too many draft picks on going up to get Drake London. I feel like this is possibly a shot in the dark. They're, they're, they, I would be in on this if he fell to 11. But, I mean, look, if, I feel like at 11, they're going to get Derek Stingley Jr. out of LSU. I mean, and if they did, that would be filling a void out of cornerback that, you know, someone who covered Jamar Chase, Justin Jefferson, and Terrence Marshall during his time at LSU. I mean, he's had enough experience during these guys who, especially Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase over last year with the Bengals, they, they've been making a splash in the NFL the past couple of years. If you were going to invest in anybody in that 11th overall pick, if he's still there from LSU, even though he didn't play much last year because of the, the injury and stuff, but you got to look back to before that. There's guys that have overcame adversity before. I feel like this kid's potentially going to get it. I like him better at the 11th overall pick. Please don't trade up and spend too much draft capital on Drake. Stingley, Stingley has a lot of questions, Drew. Stingley has a lot of questions. Um, he was one of the top players coming in, into college. However, you have to look at he struggled. And, yes, you can't. And, yes, we saw some great players come out of LSU. You know, we know the quarterback, Burrow. We know Jamar Chase. But that does that, – that, that, that science is not exact. You know, Sauce Gardner out of Cincinnati is the best cornerback in this draft. If he were to somehow fall to 11, that's definitely the guy. But I don't think he's going to fall that far. Now, mm -hmm. you bring up RG3. You bring up RG3. Um, Drew, let's be honest here. Over time – We've been and we've covered the commanders. We've covered their team. We've covered a lot of things they've done. I mean, we have to be honest. As time goes on even longer and longer, we can't really blame it, put down RG3. It's an organizational thing. It's an organizational thing. They have to get better. They have to make they have to manage things better. The fan base has to be better, meaning that just because a guy goes out there and has a couple of bad games, you can't throw him to the wolves. You know, um, RG3 took Washington to places they'd never been. And because of Mike Shanahan's selfishness, being selfish, and RG3 being afraid that he was going to lose his spot, which he had Kirk Cousins right behind him, which they picked Kirk Cousins, which I never understood why they did that because Kirk Cousins was a really good college quarterback, and now he's in the NFL stealing, taking all the money, which, hey, that's what he's doing. I can't blame him. They want to keep paying him? Do your thing, Kirk Cousins. But all I'm saying is you got to be very careful, Drew, and a Derek Stingley Jr. And I understand that there's hesitation with moving up. But, like I said, if London gets past pick number six or seven, you got to move up. You got to move up. It's, I don't think it'll cost you that much because value trade picks, tra uh, value, uh, trades, I mean, I'm sorry, draft picks are not that valuable as much as they used to be. Look at what the Rams are doing. So if you think that he is the player that we think he is, you definitely take that chance because I'm not sure about Derrick Stingley Jr. And when I worry about him coming to that division and stinking it up and Washington wasting another pick another year, which is definitely going to hurt Ron Rivera because he is on the hot seat. That's definitely a good topic that I'd potentially almost put in here today, but we can definitely get to that in another episode that isn't just a commander's episode, but it's, that's definitely a topic that we will have, you know, later throughout the summer, potentially throughout the next season. But with that said, let's go on to round three. Round three. You know, if mediocre play persists, 
The fan base won't resist calling for Carson Wentz's head. Are you in or out on this, Rob? You said that you said that they won't they won't they won't call for his head. No, they will call for his head if if his mediocre play persists. Oh, definitely in. I'm in on that. Well, 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 ladies and gentlemen, we we just gave you uh, we just gave you a tease, and that tease w went to that me and Drew both agree. We we put both of our answers on there for a reason. We put both of our answers on there for a reason because we agree. This is not even this is the you 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 can't even debate this. Like this is why you saw both of our ends because here's the thing: there's still a guy named Taylor Heineke on the bench. This guy named Taylor Heineke in a pandemic took this team. And nearly beat Tom Brady and Tampa Buccaneers. This guy, Taylor Heineke, nearly got killed in the Dallas game last year. Almost literally got killed in the Dallas game last year. Kept fighting, kept coming back, kept coming back. He keeps getting knocked down. Old Dominion, he's tough. Uh, a lot of the Washington Commander fans, they're tough. They're gritty. They're hard-nosed. They're blue-collar. Is Carson Wentz really blue-collar? Is Carson Wentz, is he fragile-minded? Yes, he is. Is Taylor Heineke fragile mind? No, he's not. Coming from ODU, going to Carolina, doing the things he's done, that, that he's done, I'm telling you, Carson Wentz has a game where he's thinking it up. The Boo Birds are going to come. They're going to be yelling for Taylor Heineke. It might get ugly. I believe in Carson Wentz now because I think that he is going to be so motivated that he's going to have to play well because this is pretty much his last chance. So, in my opinion, if Carson Wentz does not go out there and does not do a great job. It is going to be might be it might be one of the most sadder endings that we've ever seen because they're going to be yelling for Taylor Heineke all day. And trust me when I tell you, folks, Taylor Heineke is going to is, is going to push this guy in training camp. Drew, I'm going to segue to you. Talk about how Taylor Heineke is not going to give up this job easily. You know, I have this shirt of Taylor Heineke diving for that pylon. And I don't even have to put my answer up because, like Rob said it, I'm in on this as well. Uh, because with with Carson Wentz, he, he needs to start off strong. He did not have that great of a season last year. However, his overall stats do speak numbers. 20,000 yards, over 20,000 yards this man has passed for. 140 touchdowns, 57 interceptions. That's pretty good numbers throughout his career. He's only had two years, 2016 and 2020, where he's been below an 80% quarterback rating. That's a lot better than than guys who spend, you know, half the guys who spend their time in the, in the um, league as a quarterback, whether they're journeymen, backup quarterbacks. He's not a backup quarterback. He's a starting quarterback. He, this is the place where he needs to prove where he can be a game manager, not break both of his ankles on one play, and actually play a entire season like he did a few years ago. Like, like the other years I mentioned, 2016 to 2020, last year, except for the way that the year ended, throughout the year, he, he had his ups and downs. It was a roller coaster ride, but he didn't play that, that bad. He actually played pretty decent overall. It was just when they needed him to really step it up, like he did his first few years with the Eagles. He he, he, hasn't, he hasn't been what he was since before Nick Foles took over and won that Super Bowl for them. He hasn't really been the same. So that's why <laughs> I'm in on this. Drew, I hate to cut you off, right? And he's has pretty decent numbers, and I get that. But historically, the Indianapolis Colts have struggled at Jacksonville. They knew this coming in. Their staff knew this. The team knew this. 
does Tom Brady's team go in and are they going to be flat in that final game when they know that playoffs are on the line? Is Peyton Manning going to be flat? Is any other great quarterbacks, are they going to be flat? That team was flat, Drew. Think about that. Like you said, his numbers were really good. What, what was it, 27 and 7? 26 and 7? Uh, as far as touchdown and interceptions, I believe that was the number for Carson Wentz. He had a really good year. Last year, yeah. Yeah, but Drew, but that's the thing. You go in against a team in Jacksonville, they have nothing to they have nothing to gain, they have nothing to lose. But here's the thing. It doesn't matter how good your numbers are. It doesn't matter if it was your fault. Here's the thing. And you know this, Drew. Quarterbacks get the most credit. They get the most criticism. They get all the praise. The offensive line, wide receivers, the running backs, they don't get anything. But when they when they win, the quarterback gets all the love. But when they lose, you got to take the same butt whipping. You got you got to take the butt whipping because you're the quarterback. You're the creme de la creme. You are the standard position. It's like you're the point guard. It's like the NBA, when you have your point guard, that's the, that's the golden position because they control the team. You control the team. That team came out flat. And for an uh, owner to come out and basically say that we made a mistake, and think about this, Drew. Frank Wright, he had all his success under him. We heard that if he went to Frank Wright, that he would get things done. Now he comes to a coach, and I love Ron Rivera. He's a nice guy, good guy. But a guy who we had a topic on a few years ago, we asked, could he win without Cam Newton? Cam Newton hasn't been able to win without Ron Rivera. Ron Rivera had a seven, went to the playoffs, but only won seven games when the division was poor in the COVID year. So are we really confident that Ron Rivera is going to give Carson Wentz a long leash? I don't know, Drew. And I think that Ron Rivera is very desperate right now. So Carson Wentz better come out and play because that money's not going to mean anything with Ron Rivera. You know, Ron, Ron Rivera cut cut um, Dwayne Haskins, God rest his soul. He cut him, and he was barely starting his career. He's done. He's he he cut um, Josh Norman in Carolina. Ron yeah, Rivera don't care. Ron, Ron Rivera don't care, man. Ron Rivera don't care about money, and that might end up getting him fired too. But if Carson Wentz comes out and stinks it up, it doesn't show that leadership. Because Ron Rivera is a military man. If you don't show that discipline or that, or that mental toughness, he'll cut you. He don't care. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that as well. Uh, you know, it's it's potential with, with that is that we see that Taylor Heineke's really going to push the envelope, I feel like, for this team this year. It's tra tra training camp is going to be interesting. Training camp is going to be training camp is going to be fire. Trust me when I tell you, if you're a Commanders fan, you're not going to miss training camp. Oh, it's it's going to be competitive as hell. With that said, let's go to round 4. Round 4. Terry McLaurin will leave after this season. If Washington fails to make strides, Rob, are you in or out on this? I'm out. Get the get the fuck out of here! The reason I'm out on this, Drew, is the reason I'm out on this, Drew, is for one reason. I have a bad feeling they're going to trade him. I don't think he's going to have the option because the thing is, is that Drew, 
This guy, Terry McLaurin, deserves better. He, I call him Andre Johnson number two. I want him to succeed in Washington. I want to cover him for years. But he's going to be expensive. Have you seen the wide receiver market lately? Who else do they have? If you don't have Terry McLaurin, who else do you really have? Right? And also, what frustrates me and what has to frustrate Terry McLaurin is look at what they've been doing with Cam Sims all these years. All these years. You know who Cam Sims is, don't you? You know what kind of potential he has. The same Cam Sims who basically mossed Trayvon Diggs, one of the better cornerbacks in the NFL, in the Dallas game. But we're not going to talk about that, are we? No. Washington has wasted wide receivers over the years. They have not um, done them right. And I don't want, I don't think Terry McLaurin wants that. So I think that he might force his way out. I want him to stay. But if you're Washington, you can get a first round, a first or second round pick for Terry McLaurin, in my opinion. You can get some capital. And I think that if Ron Rivera can get some capital, that's what they'll do. So I don't I don't think that he can make it to the end of the season because I think that he may demand his way out now. So I'm out. A little bit of a tricky topic, but I'm I'm out. You know, I'm I'm gonna have to disagree. I'm in. The reason why I'm in, Rob, is because, you know, like you said, they don't really have anybody else. You know, they they've had Cam Sins, they've been puttering around with him for years. I feel mm-hmm. like they're gonna they, they they know that he's the only really option they have right now. So yeah, they might reach for some guys in the draft, they might make some more free agent moves or some trades. Not really much else you can do because, like you said, everybody else is so expensive nowadays. I feel like they're going to keep him around, potentially um, salary, you know, potentially uh, lock him in for next year with the uh, what is that? What is that? What am I looking for? The word the I'm franchise tag. Brain for the franchise tag. They're going to franchise tag him next year potentially. He won't show up if they don't no, pick somebody he won't up. Show up. He won't show up. Let me. Uh, t- you don't think he'll show up if you franchise. You know tag? what? I, you know what? I've been calm for a couple of. I'm, I'm gonna stay calm. I'm gonna stay calm. If they franchise tag this guy, don't be surprised if he doesn't show up. Drew, give me a number. Give me a number. What do you sign Terry McLaurin to? Give me the. Give me the. Give me the years. Give me the money, but give me the guarantee money. You know that he's he's gonna be asking for something at least in the fifty million dollar range for for a few seasons. At least, I feel like at minimum he's going to want to get anywhere from seventeen to twenty million dollars a season. He's going to at least want to get paid one million dollars a game. This is the way I look at it. it I feel like he's okay. he's going to get anywhere is from seventeen to twenty million dollars a year. So if that's the case, years, okay. say if he gets twenty five years, hundred million. But guaranteed. But but since Deshaun Jackson's kind of changed the game with his fully guaranteed contract deal. Could potentially be asking for fully guarantee, but this is a contract year for him. So let's see if he, one, said, he stays healthy. You talking about Deshaun Watson? I'm talking about McLaurin. I'm talking about the oh, like oh, that okay. the way that that fully guaranteed contract for somebody who didn't even play last year. That's going to trickle down to not just the quarterback position. It's going to trickle down to wide receiver, running back. They're going to be wanting more guaranteed to potentially yeah. fully guaranteed contracts now. Yeah. And you got somebody even like looking, McLaurin who yeah. showed up every single year. He's going to want to get some type of full guarantee that that he's the guy. That he's the the number one guy, and that you're not going to try to dish him out for some picks or something later on. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and if they do, I would say five years. 120 million with with 85 guaranteed. I mean that that's 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 the that's where I would go. Um, because a lot of times, Drew, my problem with the fans is Drew is this. My biggest problem with the fans is that they don't understand money. Like they'll see a contract. You remember back in the day 
when Terrell Owens got that seven-year, $35 million deal, everybody was like, oh, my God, he's got $35 million. No, he doesn't. People, it's called taxes. Ladies and gentlemen, yes, there's a thing. They, they still are, are taxed um, in the NFL. And those contracts are not fully guaranteed, were not fully guaranteed. And you still have a lot of contracts, um, just like when you look at the Colin Kaepernick contract, that had a lot of um, like a lot of language in it. So a lot of people don't really see the language, Drew. So that's the problem. A lot of people see these numbers and they think, oh my God, they're getting these astronomical numbers. But no, you got to look at the language, ladies and gentlemen. That's why you have lawyers. That's why you have an agent. Because even though we may think it's a lot of money, Think about a player who plays in New York. Think about how much they're taxed. Think about how much money comes out their check. Think about how much money has to go to this party, that party, that party. Um, so, you know, these owners make just unbelievable money. Every year they make unbelievable money. So when I see people getting mad at these players for one more money, I don't blame them because you're putting your life on the line every time you're on that field. Terry McLaurin, every time he has to go uh, across the middle in Philly, in Dallas, uh, against, uh, against New York, they're trying to take his freaking head off. So you want that security because after a while, when you're gone from this game, who's going to care about you? And and I'm not trying to be funny when I say this. You don't want to end up in a Clint Poise type situation where you're having to scam money and things like that. I don't really know. I don't really know what his was Clint Poise situation was. But a lot of these guys have gotten screwed. They've gotten screwed. Um, horrible health care, horrible this, horrible that. So you want to take care of yourself and, and bring some type of security for your life. If you're a regular individual not playing in this league and you don't and you're not thinking about the human element, maybe you need to think about yourself because you're not really um, you're not really uh, with reality. So I say go for it, Terry McLaurin. If you got to hold out, my friend, hold out. As a fan of the team, I don't want them to hold out though. <laughs> that's where that's where I was trying to kind of spin my take into it towards the end of it. But but you want but, but you it, want but you want him to get it. it I wasn't too far away because I said five years, a hundred and a hundred million dollars. He said five years, one twenty. So I was I was close. Yeah, about the same, about the same. So so now let's kick it to the final round. Final round. In the final round, the team will be sold before the 2022 season concludes. Rob, are you in or out on this I'm one? I'm out. Rob is out. Get the f*** out of here! Well, Drew, Dave, he, Daniel Snyder, from what I hear and from all the conflicting reports, he's got dirt. He knows things. There are people who know things. And when you know things about especially a corporation like the NFL, who has been questioned a little bit because of some of the things that have been going on over the years, you know, you kind of let things sweep under the rug. Also, when Daniel Steiner was going through his whole um, situation where there was controversy and all that, what happened, Drew? He and his wife got a 100% got control of the team. They had other minority owners, et cetera, et cetera. Now, they completely own the team outright. And here's the other thing, Drew. Does Daniel Snyder really lose if the team gets sold? No, because of a couple of reasons. Why? Because there's a possibility they're moving to Virginia. And, you know, there's legalized gambling in Virginia now. There's legal, legalized gambling in Maryland, D.C., whatever, however. But Virginia was the first state to do it. Um, 
Virginia is going to be a hub for a bunch of new things in the future. Daniel Snyder is looking about a good five to six to seven billion dollars, possibly, possibly for the sale of the Washington uh, Commanders. So let's say he does sell the team. Does he really lose, Drew? Does he really lose? Even though all these crazy accusations, does he really lose? Because he's going to get a couple of, he's going to get some billions out of this with a B. Just like Donald Sterling got when he did all that racist crap, allegedly. I'm going to say allegedly because I don't know. Allegedly. He got billions. Uh, Rich, uh, Mr. Richardson from the Carolina Panthers. All that crap that came up with him. They got billions. So, Drew, really, Daniel Snyder doesn't lose. Doesn't lose. You know, you make a, a pretty, pretty compelling argument. But as far as the team will be sold before the 2022 season concludes, I'm going to go out. Get the f*** out of here! People may not like it, but explain out. to it. Yep. The reason why I'm going out is for very similar reasons to my colleague Rob just stated. I mean, come on. Look at the majority ownership that he has. Look at everything that he's invested into covering his tracks over the years. And finally, now he's just getting caught, as, as we see with the whole double books and double finances and sweeping things under the rug and the emails and all these other different things that were going on for decades. And we don't even want to know about what was going on probably before that, because if you look at the HBO documentary series of winning time for the Los Angeles Lakers, you're seeing how some things were going on pretty jacked up behind the scenes for the LA Lakers and that's pretty much what was going on today or in the past 20 years except for the difference was Washington wasn't winning the Lakers were winning in the 80s that's why they got away with it now the Washington team hasn't won since the early 90s and hasn't really been to the playoffs but a handful of times since that Super Bowl and hasn't really done much since so when you're not being productive and you're not paying your bills and you're skimming the books they're going to be finding ways to try to get you out of here now Daniel Snyder has been smart enough with loopholes and everything to stick around as long as he has and if he's been able to survive this at the end of the day like Vince McMahon says you can take the beating but if you survive the beating at the end of it you've won so at the end of the day he's still the Washington owner so in my opinion he's going to be able to survive at least another year at least be able to get through the 2022 season after that I can't tell you but I feel like he'll be able to get through this season at least well Drew here's nothing that, that, that a lot of people don't want to admit Drew let me ask you something you know how back in the old days we a lot a lot of families were tight mm -hmm. you know how families were tighter back in the day but do you realize you know how like when people the older guards started dying off what happened to those families I'm going to stop communicating as much. Exactly, exactly. So let me let, let me ask you something. Who is the guy in the NFL who, if he's tight with you, if he likes you, you're pretty much untouchable? Who's that guy's name, Drew? I, 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 I'll give you... It's Roger Goodell. No, 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 no. There's an owner in the NFL that has his hand in the pot with everything. I'll give you his initials, JJ. Oh, oh Jerry Jones. Yeah, I should have yeah, done that. Let me, 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 let me say this. Daniel Snyder is tight with Jerry Jones. And I'm going to tell you this, Drew. And a lot of people may not like this. They may think it's a little bit insensitive. But here's the thing. There are a lot of owners in the NFL that know the day that Jerry Jones finally kicks the bucket 
And his final, which I hope is not for a long time because he's great for the NFL as far as the things he's brought. But there are a lot of guys who are protected by Jerry Jones, man. A lot of guys. Just look at the Patriots owner. Look at the Patriots. Look at the Patriots owner and look at the things that he got caught with. I mean, there was possibly there was a possible link between him and some Jerry Sandusky stuff because it happened in Florida. But we never heard about it anymore. We never heard about Mr. Kraft anymore, right? After the Kraft situation, we never heard about it ever again. We didn't talk about it anymore. Drew, these people out here must understand this. Folks, I understand that most of you out there, you want law and order and you want what's right. But when you're dealing with billionaires, when you're dealing with people who finance multi-billion dollar companies, when you're talking about people who put 40 plus million dollars in Roger Goodell's pocket every year, you think he's not going to protect. Look at Jim Mercy. Remember Jim Mercy, Drew, when he was caught with all those drugs? Imagine if that was a player. Imagine if that had been a player. He wouldn't have had a career. There have been, I don't know if any owner has ever struck his wife. I'm pretty sure. I don't know if any has done it, but I'm pretty Probably sure. Sterling NBA owner back in the day. Well, yeah, I, yeah, it's been some craziness. And that's why I keep telling the fans. The fans keep favoring the owners, but they're not understanding that they're more closer to the players than they think they are. Because a millionaire, you can be a millionaire, but if you don't, but you're not gonna be a millionaire forever. Hundred thousand there, you're not gonna be a hundred thousand there forever. Daniel Snyder has generational money, so you think you're hurting Daniel Snyder if you tell him to get out? No, he's gonna be a billionaire regardless. You think he's gonna be hurt if you talk about, um, you know, some financial, um, some financial things where you know he may have done something illegal? He has lawyers, ladies and gentlemen. He's got lawyers. And here's the thing. If he brings money to the league, think about it. He got rid of the Redskins name and brought in the Commanders. And, and isn't it funny how all of a sudden when they changed the name, he got control of the team. You know, things started going right. He's still going to make money off the Redskins name. He's still going to make money off the Commanders name if they start winning. So... I'm out on it, man. I just think that people, I think people are are on this moral high ground and it's just not reality, man, because at the end of the day, folks, you can complain. You can say, oh, people don't deserve as much money. I hear people talking about football as a child's game. So child's game. Well, not really, because I've heard of people getting their legs broken. I've heard, I've heard of wars on the street happen because not only over here in America, but across the seas because of the what, Drew? The almighty dollar. So for all of you out there talking about the money doesn't matter and it's about moral high ground, you need to grow up. And I'm done. Thanks. But Rob, I hope you're not done yet because we got one more. Come on. Ron Rivera is on oh, you the hot seat. <laughs> I added it while we were talking. Ron Rivera's on the hot seat. Are you in or out, Rob? I'm in. This is very easy. As I said, as I said before, said earlier, Drew, we discussed Cam Newton and Ron Rivera earlier. I think it was like a couple years ago. And besides that seven-win season, when you had a hobbled Alex Smith, 
who came back and risked not only his career, but his freaking life? What have they been since, Drew? I mean, everybody knows I grew up a Cowboys fan, but I'm not going to lie to you. Me and my stepdad was sitting beside me during that Cowboys command uh, football team game. I've never seen his face look like that. He tried to hold it in. I mean, we've had some battles talking about Cowboys, Redskins, Commanders, whatever. That game where the team basically quit and they basically made Dak Prescott's numbers look better than what they were, man, I'll never forget that. And I know Commander fans, they can talk about the robberies. And the, people can talk about the robberies, not the same, etc. But Drew, and then what they did to poor Taylor Heineke, where they had players sitting beside him, posing, doing all that. Look, man, it's like Michigan. It's like Michigan and Ohio State. You gotta beat you. You gotta beat your rival, man. You gotta beat your rival. And right now, you know they're not. They're not beating Dallas. They're not being competitive. Ron Rivera is. It looks like he. He. He's. How am I gonna say this in a nice way? He looks like he is out of touch. Ladies and gentlemen, Ron Rivera looks like he's out of touch. And unfortunately, I'm going to say this too. Some people are going to look at him sideways now. Like, look, dude, you could have done a little bit more with Dwayne. Look at, look at how Dwayne started progressing in Pittsburgh. Is that Dwayne's fault that he didn't work in Washington? Or is it an organizational slash coach problem? Leadership needs to change. Drew, I've been saying it, I've been saying it for three years. And I think I even said it for Legacy Maker, Drew. They should have hired Byron Leftwich when they had the chance. Byron Leftwich should be the next head coach of the Washington Commanders. Point blank, period. If Byron Leftwich is not the next coach of this team, Drew, your team is in trouble, my man. They should have hired him two, three years ago. Period. You know, I, I can't disagree with that. I feel like that's a really good take, and... You know, for so far, he's still available. He's still an assistant coach for the Bucks. They didn't go with him as the, the head coaching choice. There's been so much hype around Byron Leftwich, and they still didn't go with him. So he's still technically available. That goes leading into my into my take on this. If I feel like Ron Rivera's on the hot seat, I am in on this as well. And the reason why I'm in on this is for not just for everything else that you just explained, but I'm going to kind of dabble into the person who this episode is in memorial for this is for Dwayne Haskins. Had he been somewhere else like Pittsburgh or a different team like the saints all along when he first came into the league, his, his start in the league would have been dramatically different. This team has been under so much turmoil for so long back when Gruden was here and then Shanahan was here. There's been so much turmoil and such a dark cloud, cloud over the team that it's been – it looks like it's been kind of hard from afar to coach this team, regardless of what's going on on the field or not. Behind the scenes is a nightmare. They're getting rid of ping-pong tables left and right and cornhole and stuff out of there from when – when Ron Rivera took over, yeah, if you go back and look at it, when Ron Rivera first took over the team, he was trying to be, you know, lay down the law and, do, and take all that stuff out. But maybe that's not where this should have started. That's so There's macho. Other- that's so that's so macho. But guess what? Alabama has all that, and they win every other freaking year. 
but also Nick Saban knows how to communicate with his guys. Like Ron Rivera is probably talking to his guys like a teammate and going and yelling and, and escalating his voice. Uh, Nick Saban talks to his guys like they're men and like they're one-on-one respect. Like that is the relationship they have, you know, throughout their, their time as a team and, and has, you know, coach to player. Like there's a relationship there. Ron Rivera, like probably has a, a type of relationship with them. Like it's not a bad one, but there needs to be a little bit more accountability uh, possibly there. But, Drew, you know, maybe not in a different way. And Drew, and I know people are not going to like this. And I really don't care if you don't like it or not. So, do you remember when Dwayne went to that nightclub and everybody was like, oh, my God, Ron Rivera's cancer, and 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 he's going to get him sick, Drew? And I don't mean to get political here, my friend, but do you remember last June what we saw with the Milwaukee Bucks when, when the pandemic was still going on? They had 60-some thousand people all in a crowd together. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. Remember that? So let me tell you. So I'm, I hate to say this, folks, but um, we as a country look stupid. And I'm just going to be honest with you, because you mean to tell me that we were persecuting and getting mad at people. There were people who got cut from their team because they went out. They went outside their hotel room. But yet and still. We could still play football on a field. There were nobody in the stands, but yet people were spitting on each other. There was no COVID shot at the time. But we got mad at, what, 21, 22-year-old because he went out? How stupid do we look now? We have people in 100,000-seat stadiums. We have people now who have resorted back to not washing their hands, doing certain things. We have people who've gotten the COVID shot, who have gotten sick, who have died, who have heart yeah. problems. So my thing is, ladies and gentlemen, is we are a controlled people. And I, like I said, I don't mean to get political, but let's just be honest. We overdid the COVID thing because it was political at the time and it helped elect not only a president, not only did it help people locally, but the same people who told us about this and this and this. We can't even find them anymore. You know why? Because their agenda was passed. The Dwayne Haskins Rob Rivera never wanted Dwayne Haskins in the first place. And it was a poor and a shame because it was a Daniel Snyder, um, it was a Daniel Snyder um, um, decision. And let me tell you something, ladies and gentlemen, a lot of you out there in the media game are snakes. I had a photo and a, um, I had a photo and I had a video of Dwayne Haskins on the field doing something I don't think that he was supposed to have been doing while the other teams were warming up. Did I ever release that video? No, I didn't. Do you know why? I destroyed it. You know why? Because I cared about the young man's future. I was like, he's young. He makes mistakes. You know, he shouldn't be really be on his phone while other people are warming up. But he was young. He was frustrated already because the organization was not doing what they were supposed to do. Look at his former head coach, Gruden, the crap that he was doing when we found out about him. Everybody makes mistakes. All I'm saying is this, folks. Say a prayer tonight, not only for Dwayne Haskins, but for yourselves, because a lot of people, including Dwayne Haskins, fell into the crap, into the COVID crap. And I know people died from it. I know there was some, there was tragedy, but we overdid it, folks. And when we actually go back and look at uh, how we treat Dwayne Haskins in that situation, a lot of you are going to feel like crap and you should.
I'm done. That's a really great take. And, and with that said, I do want to go into a final word. And with that being said, I'll, I'll start it off since Rob's been starting off this entire show. I'm, I'm going to use my final word to, to talk about Dwayne Haskins and, and how unfortunate this whole situation is. Like, this kid had a lot of potential to he's only 24 years old you know he was what 20 what was that was he 24 years old rob i feel like he was 24 25 yeah 24 25 i believe yep yeah he had a long life ahead of him he still had a long career potentially another 10 good years ahead of him if he would have kept progressing with the steelers i mean he spent that time in washington and it was you know turmoil with you know multiple coaches the front office you know, picking him when the coach didn't want him and everything that was going on with all that. Um, he just didn't get a fair shake. And, and for things to go the way that they did for him, it's just unfortunate. And my heart goes out to his family with everything that took place in his situation. My, my, my final word is rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. My also for my final words, ladies and gentlemen, especially young people out there, have your own mind. Um, you know, I'm not saying go against authority or anything, but we all need to make a way for ourselves out here. We all need to think outside the box. Stop going with status quo. Because, ladies and gentlemen, if we continue to go with status quo, our society right now is in a lot of trouble. And we are living in a microwave society. And it's got to stop. Have your own mind. Not, you know, take criticism. Criticism is good. When somebody criticizes you, that's because they care about you. And they want you to be better. When nobody tells you anything, that's because they think you're a lost cause. Dwayne Haskins took it a little hard, but guess what he did? He went to Pittsburgh. He worked his butt off. And his life ended while he was trying to work out with his new team, his teammates in South Florida. Rest in peace, Dwayne Haskins. Uh, this is this is in and out with Rob Johnson, Drew Willingham. Drew, give everybody a final word. Thanks for tuning in, guys. We've definitely gone a little bit longer than we have in previous episodes, going to 45 minutes now, 46. And you know, we got to make way for that. It was, it was. And, and we spent this entire episode talking about the Washington Commanders. If, if you're just now tuning in, for those four of you that are still on this, on this, uh, viewing this on YouTube, thank you uh, so far. Um, hopefully, you can pass the word along about this Commanders edition. We don't do many, uh, you know, editions where it's just solely on one topic or, or on one team or or sport or whatever. But this one was special. It was episode seven. Dwayne Haskins was number seven for the Washington Commanders, formerly the Washington Football Team, formerly from a long time from the beginning of 1932 to the demise in 2020, the Washington Redskins, my bad, formerly the R-E-D-S-K-I-N-S. That is the team. But with that said, I'm going to cue the way for our outro and get ready for episode eight here soon. <laughs>